Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with the 144th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank all of you for being here today. Today, we have a pretty sweet hand from a $3,500 buy-in World Poker Tour main event. Here, a loose aggressive kid raises to $1,300 from the low jack seat. And it folds around to me with queen 10 suited in the cutoff with a very deep stack. Our opponent's playing about 100, let's call it 130 big blinds deep. And I'm playing 200 big blinds deep. So very deep stacked. Should we three bet or call this queen 10 suited? And I think you can go either way. I don't think it matters so much. One important factor is who is in the blinds. If you have bad players in the big blinds, you really want to see the flop with those players. If you have good players in the big blinds, you should be much more inclined to three bet and just use your position, your positional advantage and also just being generally aggressive. So here we have a player I have labeled as a tag lag. This is usually a tag I give to, this is a tag. It's a label I give to someone who is generally just a good player who mixes it up well. So I don't really want this player in the pot. And notice that when facing a 1300 raise, he's going to call with a very wide range from the big blind. And that's not really what I want. So I'm going to three bet this. If I was playing this hand today, I'd probably make it 3,800 or so. Let's see what we did it did this time. Here I made it 3,100. So a little bit small, I think. This is going to result in the initial raiser calling or four-betting virtually every time. And I think I'd prefer to have a little bit of fold equity pre-flop. So I think I can make it a little bit bigger. But this is still fine. Flop comes jack, four, three, two hearts. I have queen, ten of diamonds. We didn't mention that already. So this is a scenario where in three-bet pots, often you want to make a small continuation bet with a very wide range. The main hands you want to be checking are very marginal made hands or your slow plays, but really we don't have a ton of slow plays. So I'm going to probably bet 2,500 with this hand. This is certainly a junky hand here, but if you think about the potential draws I could realistically have, it's just going to be the heart flush draws, right? And then maybe 6-5 and 7-6 and 7-5 if I am three betting those, which may or may not even be the case versus this player. So... If you look at the next most logical draws, you have hands like ace-king and ace-queen, but those could easily be checking hands or, you know, betting for value hands if you bet small enough, which I would bet about 2,500 here if I was to bet with my whole range. So which draws do I actually have here? It's going to end up being the gut shot or the backdoor gut shot straight draws like queen, ten of diamonds. So I think this hand fits very nicely into sort of a draw range, even though it is a very, very junky draw. Also, I can bet 2,500 here. If my opponent folds, that's great. If he calls, we're going to get reasonable barrel cards some portion of the time. Uh, That said, I do think you need to give up just sometimes. If you just have total garbage, I think it's okay to give up. Like if we have eight, seven of clubs, it's fine to give up, you know, whatever. But if I have like any potential at all, I'm going to be betting in this scenario most of the time. So I do bet 2,500, very small, and my opponent calls. One thing worth mentioning is that if I was to bet larger on the flop, say I was to bet 5,000 on the flop and my opponent calls, well, now he's going to be in the pot with a much stronger range, and that's going to make it much more difficult for me to continue barreling if I feel so inclined. Because that's going to make my opponent fold out a lot of his total garbage, so when he calls, he must have something reasonable. But if I bet 2,500, maybe he sticks around with ace highs and king highs and just absolute trash because he feels like he's roped in by the pot odds. So anyway... I do bet small and my opponent calls. Turns a six of clubs, not really what I want to see, and my opponent checks. When you bet with a wide range, and on the turn you are in here are just absolute garbage, as I have, I think checking is perfectly fine. This is a hand that we were betting as a draw. Now it is just total nothing. 
So I think checking is acceptable. You could also bet, but if you are betting with stuff like queen 10 here, you're probably betting too often, assuming you're trying to be balanced. And, you know, there is some merit in trying to be balanced. And I do think you should generally start from a point of balance because it's usually better to assume your opponents are competent than that they are not competent. But at the same time, usually I find myself erring on the side of just being overly aggressive because a lot of people fold too often. Simple as that. So if you have queen high, you don't really care if your opponents fold. So I'm probably going to bet here. If I do bet in this spot, I'm usually going to bet about the pot's 13,000. I'm probably going to bet about 7,000 with the intention of betting again on a lot of rivers to try to get my opponent off of hands like a jack. So that may seem a little bit aggressive, and you know perhaps it is, but if we can make my opponent fold every hand worse than a jack by the river, that's going to end up working out great for me because he's going to be folding out almost his entire range, especially if he check raises with sets on the flop. That means he doesn't have any sets, so he's only left pocket sixes for a set, and we're going to steal this pot a ton of the time. So I do bet, well, exactly 7,000 my opponent calls, which is not shocking. When he does call, he could certainly be in here with all the under pairs, like um, tens, nines, eights, sevens, fives. He could also have hands like six, five, or five, four, or ace, four, or ace, five. He could have a lot of stuff like that, right? And going to the river, I do lose to all of that, and I think all of that will fold to a substantial river bet. But we get a 10 of hearts on the river. So the heart draw comes in, but we make middle pair. So now we have to decide, is it worth it to try to bluff my opponent off of a jack? And I do think a jack makes up a reasonable portion of my opponent's range. But at the same time, he could also just have a flush. And my opponent does check, and I think checking is definitely what you want to do here with a flush to give your opponent every opportunity to bluff. Like imagine I'm in here with queen nine instead of queen ten. I'm going to be pretty inclined to bluff. And if I'm pretty inclined to bluff, how do you get money out of queen ten when you have a flush? Well, you check. So... When I river this pair, I think checking probably makes the most sense because I do give my opponent enough respect to assume that he could be checking with his flushes. He could also just have a random two pair now with jack 10 that's never going to fold. And he may just have a hand like ace jack that's not going to fold. So I like checking at this point. I expect my opponent to have a lot of under pairs and marginal one pair hands or ace highs. But uh, I would not be shocked if he shows up with a jack. So I'm just going to check and roll it over. And... We win. We beat pocket eights. So this is a pretty clear example of exactly what I was saying, where I think this hand's going to call the flop, call the turn, but then fold on the river. And we didn't get to see if we could make our opponent fold on the river. And usually whenever you do bet big on the river, and when I say bet big, the, river, the pot was 27,000 on the river, I would probably bet 23,000. Or if I thought my opponent would fold to an overbet, maybe I would even bet much bigger, like 38,000. And that's really going to put your opponent in a miserable spot with the vast majority of his range, especially when the flush card comes. So that's what I would have done if I missed. And you never really get to see what they're folding. And you don't know if they're just folding ace high, so you don't really accomplish a whole lot. I mean, of course, we want our opponent to fold ace high, but our opponent would fold ace high to a much smaller bet. But if you can make any realistic bet size, like 38,000, you know, big bet, but still reasonable, and you can make your opponent fold out hands like jack nine and pocket eights, that is a huge success because now you're making your opponent fold almost his entire range. Also worth mentioning, sometimes your opponent's going to check raise the flop with their flush draws, so you can discount some of them. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. It ended up working out pretty nicely for me. I uh, It would have been fun if I bet big on the river and my opponent just snapped me off of pocket eights. And I guess I should make it clear that if your opponent's a calling station, don't run big bluffs. That's not a good idea. 
If you enjoyed this hand, definitely check out pokercoaching.com. There we have a bunch of interactive quizzes that you can play and test your skills. You can see how, or you can play the hands and then I will go through and let you know what I think of your decisions, which I think is a great way to learn. And the students over there are loving it and they're having great success in the poker tournaments they are playing. I mean, we've had a few players cash for over 100,000 just in the last month alone and I'm very happy for them. Uh, So anyway, you can check that out and get a free trial at pokercoaching.com. Thank you very much. Be sure to check back next week for another episode of Weekly Poker Hand.